Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Metasodes, where we will be talking about pericarditis. First we will be looking at the causes of pericarditis, then looking at symptoms, diagnosis and treatment. But let us start off by looking at what pericarditis is and how it and the causes of pericarditis. Pericarditis refers to the inflammation of the pericardium, which is a membranous sac enclosed, enclosing the heart. Looking at the causes of pericarditis, the causes are not always known and it is a complex condition that can have many causes. One of the causes of pericarditis is a viral or bacterial infection. Some examples include influenza virus and HIV. And in terms of bacterial infections, it's mycobacterium tuberculosis, which causes tuberculosis. And another cause is of pericarditis can also be inflammation of the myocardium, which is the heart muscle, rubbing against the pericardium. Another cause of pericarditis is heart attack or heart surgery, which may trigger pericarditis or delayed pericarditis, which is Dresler syndrome, also known as post-myocardial infarction syndrome or post-cardiac injury syndrome. Another cause can be systemic inflammation disorders, which include lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. Trauma such as injury to your heart or chest can also result in pericarditis and as a result of motor vehicle or other accidents may also trigger trauma. One other cause of pericarditis are other health conditions such as kidney failure, AIDS and cancer. So now that we've looked at the causes of pericarditis, now let's move on to Shrey who will be talking about the symptoms. So pericarditis has two main symptoms chest pain and a high temperature and unfortunately these are common to a range of um, complications and diseases. It's important to note that if you have sharp stabbing pain in your chest or um, you feel much worse when you uh, breathe in deeply or lie down you should phone NHS 111 and if you have if, if the chest pain spreads to your arms, back, neck, jaw or your chest becomes tight and heavy, or your short breath, you should phone 999, as these are signs of a heart attack. The symptoms of pericarditis are caused by the layers of the pericardium, which is the layer around your heart, rubbing against each other, and that causes irritation and chest pain. And usually the symptoms are mild and go away within a few, I'm sorry, usually the symptoms are mild and go away without treatment. And obviously, early diagnosis of pericarditis can help to alleviate any long-term complications, which I'll talk about later. So, pericarditis can be categorised based on the patterns of symptoms. So, you can have acute pericarditis, which is where the symptoms begin suddenly, but they don't last for longer than three weeks. And sometimes it's difficult with acute pericarditis to distinguish it from a heart attack, which is why it's important to call NHS 111 or 999, depending on how severe the symptoms are. And also, it's likely you might have future episodes if you have acute pericarditis. Secondly, recurrent pericarditis lasts four to six weeks after an episode of acute pericarditis, uh, and usually there are no symptoms in between. Next, incessant pericarditis, and this can last from four weeks to three months. It's usually continuous symptoms of chest pain and high temperature. Next, um, 
chronic constrictive pericarditis is uh, it develops slowly, but it can last a much longer, more than three months. If we look at the complications of pericarditis, there is pericardial effusion, which is when fluid builds up around the heart. There's con chronic constrictive pericarditis, which is what we talked about earlier, and that leads to a permanent thickening and scarring of the heart, of the walls of the heart, and it prevents a proper filling and emptying of the heart. And this leads to other symptoms such as swelling of the legs and the abdomen and shortness of breath. Obviously, this is more serious. And finally, cardiac tamponade is a life-threatening compli complication. It's when there's too much fluid in the pericardium. And this excess fluid puts pressure on the heart, meaning it can't fill properly and less blood leaves the heart. This causes a dramatic drop in your blood pressure. And this complication does require emergency treatment um, because obviously you need to make sure to get that blood pressure back up again to normal. Those are a few of the symptoms of pericarditis. Now on to Anapam, who's going to be talking about how pericarditis is diagnosed. So pericarditis, or as it's probably known, is an inflammatory pericardial syndrome with or without pericardial effusion, which essentially means that the pericardium is inflamed and there may or may not be fluid leakage. And this has a few key diagnostic markers, the first of which is evaluating the presence of risk factors. So if the patient has had a recent viral infection, or if they have any of the matching symptoms that Shrey discussed, this lends the doctor towards the diagnosis of pericarditis. The doctor's first move will then to be using a stethoscope to assaultate or listen to a pericardial rub. So this is a very specific sound caused by the two layers of the pericardium rubbing against each other. It's a very superficial and scratchy or squeaking sound, best heard with the diaphragm of the stethoscope over the left sternal border with the patient leaning forwards. So by listening to the back, you can hear this rub quite clearly. It typically consists of three phrase phases, uh, which corresponds to the movement of the heart through its three phrases of beating. However, it can sometimes only have two or one component. It can disappear as well uh, at different times, especially in cases of acute pericarditis, not just because the person is healing, but also if the person is worsening, because when there's increased pericardial fluid between the two layers, it can decrease the amount of rubbing and friction that's occurring. And so this makes it quite hard to determine whether the patient's improving or not. But needless to say, if you can hear a pericardial rub, in most instances, it does mean that the person has pericarditis. Other important tests include uh, ECGs or echocardiograms. So by using ultrasound waves to look at images of the heart, you can find a very distinct pattern for what the pericardium looks like and looking for buildup inside the pericardium. So the echocardiogram looks at the shape of the heart and seeing if there's a buildup. But another ECG, an electrocardiogram, looks at the electrical signals coming from the heart. Now, this has a very distinctive pattern that is formed when there's pericarditis. So this pattern's common in up to 60% of pericarditis cases. And it depicts diffuse concave ST segment elevation with concomitant PR depression. What that essentially means is the traces that are formed from these electrical um, nodes on the patient's body 
form a pattern that has very specific raises and lowering and in a very specific lead. So in leads one, two, AVL and V5 and V6, there is very characteristic ST elevation there. Other scans such as CT and MRI can be used as well, as well as chest X-rays. These are for similar purposes to the ultrasound echocardiogram, which is to create an image of the heart and the pericardium layer and seeing if there's any fluid buildup or any inflammation. The CT scan in particular may also be used to rule out other causes of sudden chest pain, such as blood clots or aortic dissections. Other diagnostic signs that can be taken are medical ones, so looking at laboratory tests and markers of inflection. Uh, the most common is looking at white blood cell count, uh, but also erythrocyte sedimentation rate and the C-reactive protein amount. This is used to not only confirm pericarditis, but also to monitor the duration of the disease and help regulate it as well. With routine laboratory tests, all of these can be measured, and by looking at these different factors, as well as all the other numbers that we've talked about, a doctor can make a final diagnosis. So the first investigations that would be ordered are an ECG uh, pericardiocentesis, which is where they take a sample of fluid from the pericardium and then doing blood tests like I've described to figure out whether it is pericarditis. Uh, the key diagnostic factors are then the chest pain, which is obviously the common symptom, and then the pericardial rub, which is that very key sound which tells you that it is pericarditis. Pericarditis is typically quite an easy disease to diagnose, although there are many differential diagnoses as well, which can have similar symptoms such as chest pain, but are not necessarily the same disease. So these differential diagnoses include angina, aortic dissection, gastric ulcers, pneumonitis, pleuritis, tuberculosis, uh, depression, panic disorders. So while there are a lot of different cases that can present with similar symptoms, if the key diagnostic factors across the ECG, the echocardiogram, the blood test and the stethoscope test uh, all match, it is pretty common to diagnose immediately pericarditis. So we've talked a lot about the symptoms, the causes and the diagnosis of pericarditis, but what do you do when you discover that a patient does have pericarditis? And for that, I'm going to move on to Adrian. So often, medications to reduce the inflammation and swelling are prescribed. Examples of this include pain relievers. Pericarditis pain can often be treated with over-the-counter pain relievers, such as aspirin or ibuprofen, and prescription strength pain relievers may also be used. Of course, these pain relievers, as with all cases, relieve the symptoms and do not target the causes of pericarditis. Severe cases of pericarditis may require one or more of the following antibiotics to treat tuberculosis or other bacterial causes, steroids that are used in acute pericarditis but are not favoured because they increase the chance of recurrent pericarditis, and pericardiocentesis, which is used to treat a large perio a pericardial effusion causing tamponade. If you have severe complications from pericarditis, you may need treatments that require hospital stays. Cardiac tamponade is treated with a procedure called pericardiocentesis, which is what I've mentioned before in which a needle or tube, called a catheter, is inserted into the chest wall to remove excess fluid in the pericardium. Additional procedures may also be needed to extract the fluid from around the heart, which relieves pressure on the heart and allows for recovery. 
With constrictive pericarditis, the only cure is surgery, known as pericardectomy, which removes the pericardium, and this is only done when symptoms are severe, and it's not, just, and it's not a preferred method. As you can probably tell, the treatment options for pericarditis are relatively limited. They include pain relievers and reduced and anti-inflammatory drugs, but in many cases these severe options may not be required. Pericarditis is often mild and goes away on its own. Some cases, if not treated, can lead to chronic pericarditis and serious problems that affect your heart. It can take weeks or months to recover from pericarditis. Full recovery is most likely with rest and ongoing care, which can help you reduce your risk of getting it again. A fundamental approach to medicine is that prevention is better than care, which is why general practice is so important. Acute pericarditis, however, can't be prevented. You and your doctor can take steps to reduce your chance of having another acute episode, complications, of chronic pericarditis. And these steps include getting prompt treatment, learning to identify symptoms and progressing with them, and making sure to reduce your risk of getting it again as soon as, as much as possible. We conclude the section on treatments and living with pericarditis. Relatively limited, but effective in what they do. Painkillers in reducing the pain, antibiotics to tackle the causes, and steroids in acute cases, as well as surgery to remove other causes. I'll now hand back to Surya. So that's it for this week's episode of Medisodes. Hopefully you've gained a good insight into pericarditis. Remember to like and subscribe to Medisodes for more weekly episodes.